Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Back on the ML Sports Platter, all brought to you by Stanley Law Offices, Welch & Company Jewelers, and our great friends at CH Insurance. You see the logo at the top there, and make sure you get ahead of your insurance plan today at chinsurance.cc. A proud ML Sports Platter sponsor, both personal and commercial insurance. will also take care of your cybersecurity as well. I bring him in, fellow Bonagrad, although on the master side of things, and he's repping today, and I'm repping my Oak Hill. I thought maybe we maybe we match our quarter zip Oak Hill. I thought I'd take a chance, almost put it in the laundry, but uh, put it on instead. And we bring him in, the National Golf Insider for SB Nation, and playing through. It's my guy Jack Milko does an unreal job. He's officially my favorite golf guy, and you can get him on X at Jack underscore Milko and the other social platforms. Jack, here we are. Thanks for coming on. Mike, thanks so much for the kind words, and thanks so much for having me. Glad to be back on the show with you. What is next for Live PGA? Uh, is it is it ugly? Can it get uglier? Can it get better? I mean, I guess where I land is with all this, the, you know, the amount of balls in the air and all the nonsense going on, I honestly don't really care about a lot of it, man. And I don't care a lot about the lower tournaments in the PG on the PGA circuit as well, because for me, it's always about the four majors, the Ryder cup and a couple of the really, really big, awesome, you know, big name field PGA tour, well, you know, tour championship, the Memorial, those kind of ones, Everything else to me is just kind of in a group as an exhibition. Am I wrong? Where are we heading with all this stuff? God, it, it almost seems like a little bit of a mess, no? It definitely is a mess. And I wish I had a sense of where things are going. But quite frankly, I don't know if anybody in the golf world really does. Um, right now, the PGA Tour has accepted a $3 billion investment from the Strategic Sports Group, which it comprises numerous American sports owners, uh, notably Fenway Sports Group, who owns the Red Sox, Pittsburgh Penguins, Liverpool FC, Steve Cohen of the New York Mets, Arthur Blank from the Atlanta Falcons. And that investment is helping create an equity program within the tour and also guarantee tournament sponsorship money for the next five years. Uh, as it relates to Liv, well, the big issue with Liv and the PGA possibly coming together is that the government is now involved. Uh, the DOJ is investigating, as well as the Homeland Security's uh, Permanent Subcommittee on Investigations. They're investigating Saudi Arabia's influence into different American companies. And in fact, a hearing last week was held in Washington to discuss just that. Uh, four consulting agencies testified in front of the PSI. And uh, it's pretty crazy to cover golf while also having to pay attention to Senate hearings because that's where we are right now. It's crazy. So I just recently caught up on a lot of your stuff. I'm a regular reader, but we've got four-year-old, we've got seven-month-old, we've got work, we've got all kinds of stuff going on, as you know, and there's a lot of content out there, but I do read a ton of your stuff on the regular. Caught up, I saw the tweet, but I wanted to make sure I read the article. Sunday Red. That's the Tiger Woods Taylor made apparel line, right? That just recently came out. I think in May, it's going to be the full line with it. I, I got a couple of thoughts on this. One, I love the logo. I think it's creative with the 15 stripes for the 15 majors. It's a new era for Tiger. That's fine. I think it's exciting. Sunday red, though, it, it's Sunday. It's like split, right? The word Sunday is split. Why is it split? And what do you make of the new apparel line, which 
I'm going to have to get a little bit more used to it because Tiger and the swoosh, it's kind of an end of an era. And I, I mean, it, it's kind of sad for me because I think about Sports Illustrated and the covers and him winning all those tournaments. And I don't know, we all have a Nike polo in our closet, at least one or two or maybe 10 because of Tiger, right? So I'm kind of mixed with feelings with all this, but I do think it's an exciting time. And I love the uh, I love the, the 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 logo. Where do you land on this whole end of an era, start of a new one and, and, and the look of it? Yeah, I love the logo too. I think it's really creative. Uh, Tiger has always been so focused on getting the details right. I mean, all the way down to the smallest of fine details. And that is exemplified in this new logo, right? He's got 15 majors, 15 stripes like you alluded to. It but jumps also, out though. It jumps out at you. Jumps out at you. And it's labeled sun, day, red, three words. Uh, so sun is and day are split into two words, obviously red being a third. Yeah. Why and, is that though? Why and, is and Tiger explained last night that it's the rule of threes in life. And he talks about practicing more, playing, but also really being focused. And I encourage you uh, to check out our Twitter feed at underscore playing through, which is our SB Nation golf website. And we actually have some videos from Tiger speaking last night, explaining this in greater detail. And uh, my editor was actually at the event last night in Los Angeles. It was a great event. Uh, Tiger sat between Aaron Andrews of Fox Sports and the CEO of TaylorMade, David Albies, and unveiled this new line. And I think it's really exciting. We look at Tiger now. He's going to be 49 years old next December. And he's at really at the end of his PGA Tour career, as, uh, to, as much as that pains me to say, it's the reality. And he's turning over a new leaf. Uh, I also think Nike golf is kind of on its way out. And so Tiger saw it as an opportunity to create his own brand and put something that is synonymous with him. And the two words, three words really now that, you know, you think of Tiger Woods, you think, what does he do? Well, he wears red on Sundays. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. I, I was actually a little surprised that Nike and Tiger parted ways for one reason. I understand that they stopped making all the equipment, what, about seven years ago and all that. But if he's going to retire, don't you capitalize on that soon? I mean, don't you don't you stay with him to do the whole goodbye thing and a, and a whole apparel of, you know, goodbye Tiger stuff? And I mean, is there is there a market big enough for that or no? Did they just kind of look at it like, well, we already maxed him out when he was in his prime. And now the I mean, what? I don't know. I kind of looked at it as like maybe an opportunity, but maybe I don't I don't see deep enough into that. Right. I mean. Why did why did they ultimately you know break and, and not do something like that like the the farewell type of thing? Frankly, I don't know. I don't know. I I, I wish I could get an understanding of why Tiger decided to end it when he did. You, you know, we go back to the PNC Championship back in December, which was the father son tournament of all yeah. the major champions, and that come to find out was the last time in which Tiger donned the swoosh and. People were asking about him because the rumors were circulating then that this was the end of an era. And Tiger simply responded, I'm still wearing their product. I'm still wearing their product. And so Tiger's very closed circuited. He, he keeps a lot of information to his inner circle. And even last night's private event in Los Angeles, not a lot of details were disclosed until the day of the event. And so he, um, yeah, I, I wish I could provide more insight as to why he decided to, but I think ultimately Tiger's at a point of his career where he's more concerned about his legacy and the PGA Tour's legacy. So we think of Tiger joining the PGA Tour policy board last August 
he's now having a huge say in the future of the tour, which of course is uh, being shaped because of the likes of Live Golf and being altered. Who knows how, but golf could look very differently within the next couple of years, and Tiger's got a big influence on that. But I also think, like he said last night, he wanted to create his own brand. He wanted to, to do something that's synonymous with him. And like I said earlier, when you think of Tiger Woods, you think of him wearing red on Sundays. Yeah, I could. I just see like, you know, final roar or something with like a logo and just – I mean, we're talking about Jordan here, man. This is like Jordan, Tiger, Brady, Gretzky, like Muhammad Ali kind of stuff. Jim Brown. I mean, he's, you know, you know how big he is. I mean, you've, you've covered him. I mean, I've seen him in person. I followed his galleries at majors, and it's it's unlike maybe anything I've ever seen, really. I mean, I, I know, you know, being around those guys for you is is insane, and it's part of what, you know, being in the business for us is it's, it's one of the top things, right, to be around – those icons uh, talking with Jack Milko here from SB nation. And of course, playing through, you can go get him on Twitter and follow those handles at playing through and, uh, or at underscore playing through, excuse me, and at SB nation. Um, so moving forward here, we have, we're close to the masters. You got to love seeing the masters commercial, by the way, in February, right. With a football and you're like, you're just like licking your lips if you're a golf person. So the majors are starting up again. We know who the studs are. We know the tour is in pretty good shape with the top players, right? If I gave you all the players right now and said they're all at their A game, Scheffler, Rory, Rahm, Thomas, Spieth, all these guys, they're all at the top of their games. Kepka, who's the best player in the world? Right now I'm going to go with Scotty Scheffler, even though his putting has – been a very hot topic of discussion. I mean, if, if Scotty Scheffler was an average putter, he would simply be unstoppable. And last week, down the stretch at the Phoenix Open, he had three consecutive misses inside six feet, and that ultimately sealed his fate and paved the way for Nick Taylor to prevail in the playoff over Charlie Hoffman. But Tita Green, Scotty's unbelievable. I mean, he was dialed in on Sunday at Phoenix, striping flag sticks. I mean, just was on fire. And He's won at Augusta before, obviously, in 2022. I wouldn't be surprised to see him win again. And now I'm going to throw out another name who I think is going to win a major this year. He has ascended faster than really anybody in professional golf since Tiger Woods, and that is the young Swedish phenom Ludwig Obert. Oh, my, oh my goodness gracious. He is a phenomenal swing. player. One of the best swings I've ever seen. Drives it beautifully. Hits his irons wonderfully. And he's a solid putter. And, oh, by the way, he was the first player last year to make his Ryder Cup debut before playing in a major championship. And you right. think playing in the Ryder Cup, that's really going to help out in majors this year, having that experience in that environment. Oh, my goodness. I, I think Ludwig is going to be a top-ranked player in the world within the next year. Is I guess the game with all the stuff that we led with, you know, with the drama and – all the hearings and live and the fighting and uh, the hypocrisy, I guess would be a word used, right? Um, mm -hmm. Indeed. Is the game healthy? I mean, listen, you're a golf guy and I'm a golf guy, right? We're always going to love golf. And it might be me saying, I don't really watch 10 tournaments anymore, which I don't, but ACC basketball, I also don't watch nine o'clock games anymore with the two bottom feeders. Cause I don't have to. 
there's certain things that change. I'm also older now. But I love what I love, and I'll always love what I love, but it might be in a different role. It might be just the majors and the Ryder Cup and the stuff I talked about. I will always love golf. But the diehard fan, is the diehard fan still stretching it out to whatever the John Deere is now? I don't even know if it exists. That's how bad it is. But you know where where I'm going with this? Like, Is the game that healthy where the golf person's watching everything all the time still, and it's bringing in the new fans, and it's making people understand – who Jordan Spieth is, right? All those things that make a sport, is the sport good, healthy, regular, future, young, old, people in between? Is the sport at that level or are we losing it a little bit? Where are we at with this thing? The Overall. amateur game has never been healthier. Okay. I mean, I think I think COVID and the last four years that have followed since then, the number of amateur golfers playing on courses in the United States has never been higher. And that will continue to trend upwards. In fact, I was talking with the CEO of the USGA, Mike Wan, a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying how some people were expecting a decline in popularity among the amateur game and players going out to courses after COVID. And the exact opposite has happened. I mean, more people have picked up this sport than ever before. And that trend is going to continue because, as you and I both know, it's a great game that anybody can play in the competitive equity that exists within golf at the amateur level based on handicaps and other conditions is second to none, which leads me to discuss the unhealthiness of the professional game because it's so fragmented. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there are some fans out there who do like live golf's products. Uh, it's, it's not for a lot of people. Uh, the shotgun starts the team format the loud music, the party-like atmosphere. If, if, you, if you want to have that, by all means, everybody has their choice to what they want to follow, what they want to root for, and what they ultimately believe in. Um, but at the same time, what this great schism has done to professional golf is it's only done one thing, and that's elevate the four major championships. Exactly. Because under those four majors – yes. All of the live golfers and the PGA players can play alongside each other. And I think that's what the average golf fan wants. They want to see John Rahm, Brooks Kepka teed up alongside Scotty Scheffler, Rory. Four Super, four Super Bowls. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And, you know, you look at the PGA Tour's uh, media rights package, their big tournament of the year is the players. And then you have the FedEx Cup playoffs in August. But by the time we get to August, Golf fans are almost fatigued in a way. And then you have the tour championship, which is a format that some players don't necessarily like with the starting strokes. Um, so for instance, Scotty Scheffler last year uh, showed up in Atlanta at East Lake for the tour championship. And he started his first round at 10 under par because he ranked first in the FedEx cup standings entering that week. And some players like it, some players don't. And quite frankly, I think there needs to be a better product to determine the tour champion at the end of the season. But to talk about the diminished product of the tour, I mean, you, you referenced the John Deere classic and the John Deere classic was very popular back in the day. It's in the quad cities and on the Iowa, Illinois border. And that's a huge tournament for that community. And that's what the PGA tour is, is it is embedded in all these communities across the country. They're all based on volunteers who help support the program, local corporate sponsors, pitch in huge amounts of money each year to help the players, help the fans, and create a great environment. And I think with this whole divide, we're kind of losing sight of that. 
we're losing sight of different tournaments that mean so much to so many different people across the country. And we're also losing top talent to live as well. I mean, you look at John Rom, Terrell Hatton, Adrian Moronk, who all jumped ship within the last couple months. And that's their choice. They, they, they have the freedom to make that decision for themselves and their families. But ultimately, there is a wide divide in the game of golf between the amateur level, as I explained beforehand, and the pro game right now. Golf is the best, period. End of discussion. Because you can play it till you croak. You you it's a, you have friends. You can work on it um, at any time. Uh, you're outside. It, it, it's positive. I mean, look, you get frustrated playing the game. You get frustrated doing anything. And I got to thinking about this the other day. As far as kids go, and I'm I'm obviously raising two really young ones right now. I got to thinking about sports to play. I'm not going to force anything on my kids. I want them to play anything they want, except I'm going to tell my boy not to play football. That's about all I'm going to tell him. But, you know, every sport has the challenges. You have your ups and downs, right? But golf, the other thing too is you see so many helicopter parents. I'm not going to spend much time on this, but you see helicopter parents at these events and they're screaming and yelling at their coaches about how their kid deserves more playing time. And sometimes, no, your kid doesn't because your kid just might suck, right? They might just not be good enough. It's just, that's it. And they're not playing. But you know what golf does? It doesn't matter if there's another kid that's eight or 10 strokes better than you or worse than you. You're turning in your card for you. That's another unbelievable thing about golf is that if you get older and you're a parent and your kid plays golf, you don't have to bitch at a coach and be like, dude, no, no, no. Your kid is playing. Your kid's playing a full 18 holes. And you know what? The score determines who's the best. And then your kid can go work on their game. And there's no, well, Jerry should be playing more than Mikey and Stevie. Who says? The scorecard? Not the scorecard. Like, I just, golf does so many things. It teaches leadership within yourself. It teaches teamwork. You're challenged. Um, it's just, it's great. It really is. And it's 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 a golf, it, golf's a sport for life, too. And I love that stuff. Um, I want to close with this. The Bonnies this year, man. I mean, I... I thought they were going to be a lot better. I'm not going to lie. I thought they'd challenge for an at-large. Um, they brought a lot of guys back. They add a couple of my guys from the Central New York neighborhood. And Mike Adams, Woods, and Charles Pride. I covered both their careers in high school. Adams, Woods was unreal at Bishop Ludden. And Charles Pride was at CBA. They battled each other for sectionals. Uh, Charles Pride goes to Liverpool. You know, they're both great players. But something's not right there. And I know there's some games left here. They've been doing this all year long. Where, where do you where do you land on this team moving forward? Because here's where I sit. Schmidt's trying to find the right rotation, the right starting five, the right groupings throughout, the right five, the last three to five minutes of the game, and hopefully they can just, you know, bam, wazoo, catch fire the week before the A-10 tournament and make a run to try to win it. Am I onto something or am I nuts? I don't think you're nuts at all because what I have thought – my biggest takeaway about this Bonaventure team is that they play up and down to their competition. We look at their game at Dayton. They were, that is the toughest environment in the conference. Friday night game, you're playing a top 25 school and they battled them all 40 minutes and ultimately lost by five. They, I thought they played great. Chad Venning, he was phenomenal against Deron Holmes, who is the best player in the conference. Uh, and then you look at this Bonaventure team, they beat VCU twice. And VCU, is, they are coming on strong over the last month. And, in fact, I wouldn't be surprised to see VCU win the whole thing in Brooklyn next month. 
But then they lose to Fordham at home. They get swept by Duquesne. I don't get it. It, it, it doesn't make sense to me when the Canisius offense looked, at home. It goes back to Canisius. It goes back to Canisius as well. And Canisius was, quite frankly, embarrassing. You can't lose to Canisius two years in a row if you're a uh, contender in the Atlantic 10. And what baffles me is you have a game like Rhode Island where you score almost 100 points. You score 89 at the Siegel Center in VCU. And then – you can't score 20 points and a half at Duquesne. And I feel like sometimes this team gets into offensive ruts where they're trying to force the ball into Fennec and they're trying to get it inside too much. And then around the perimeter comes becomes too stagnant. And what defenses I think have learned is, all right, if we can double team Venning, limit his touches, it's going to break down the entire offense. So perhaps it's uh, been difficult for guys like Pride and, Adams Woods to adjust to Schmidt's complex offensive regime. I mean, a lot of coaches have always said that Schmidt is the deepest playbook out of any team in the country. And even though this team is on paper, the most experienced team in America, they really haven't spent that much time playing together. I mean, they had a completely new roster last year. This year, they obviously added a few key players, but I think they're still trying to gel and mix. And that's been on display all season with this, roller coaster ride of, of games they've played. Yeah, no doubt about it. I'm with you on the venting thing too. I like it when Pride and Adams Woods and Flowers are just flying all around the perimeter and venting is kind of out and in it, but not, you know, not so far out that he looks like he's, you know, at the beef and barrel here. I mean, you can't, you can't yes. be that far out, right? Um, the ML Sports Platter brought to you, by the way, by our good friends at St. Bonaventure University. They're online masters uh, of, of, of arts and journalism and, and digital and all the rest. You know all about the online journalism master's degree program at Bonaventure, and uh, you can go find out more at sbujournalism.com. You want to touch on that quickly at the end here about, you know, your experience and, and how it's helped you on the daily, because I know looking back, even with my undergrad career, I know times change and, uh, you know, the journalism world is completely different when this old guy went there. But for you, I know you're using stuff every day that you learned right there at, at Bonas, man. And that, that degree is just, it's, it's unreal. It's an A plus, it's an A plus degree. It really is. Uh, I can say with complete confidence, it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. And, um, you know, I was even talking with students last night and some fellow Bonaventure alumni. I was invited to participate in a class. And that was that was just amazing to to speak with current students who are also interested in pursuing a career in sports media. And, you know, you know better than anybody, Mike, but what's special about Bonaventure are the relationships. Right. And even though uh, I got this degree in a remote environment, those relationships are real. And for instance, uh, I, I got to quickly give a shout out to Chris LaPlaca, who was a former corporate communications head at ESPN and was the longest tenured employee behind the scenes in the company's history. And, and LaPlaca has done so much for Bonaventure grads over the years. Yeah. Happy retirement, Chris, too. By Happy way. retirement, Chris, and, and including myself. And, and I said to the kids last night, I, I remember Chris and I hopping on the phone a couple of years ago because I wanted to pick his brain about this master's program that Chris actually helped build. And I said, Chris, what am I going to get out of this program? And he said, you know, you're going to become a five-tool player. You're going to become like a Brett Gardner for the New York Yankees that can do everything. And you, you got to be able to write, edit. You got to have an understanding of social media nowadays. You got to be able to learn things quickly on the fly. But you also have to have a really strong sense of ethics, especially in an era where, Misinformation spreads so fast. 
right? And there's a lot of uh, issues uh, with, with morals out there as well. You know, everybody just wants to get to the news quick and get something quick out there. And you really got to do your, your homework to make sure that the truth prevails because the truth is the most important thing. And that's one of the grand lessons that I learned at Bonaventure. But like I said, to quote Chris, it, it really makes you a, a five-tool player and a sports media all-star. Yeah, be first, but be right. You know, that's the that's the big one there. I held you over, but I definitely wanted to get that in at the end. And I remember when Chris, I met Chris once and since then, we've obviously kept in contact through phone, email, whatever. And I had texted him about his retirement. And um, he's always on the cameras at the big games. He's always with Woj. He's always with the big guns. And um, I remember meeting him. I think I was a freshman in 98, 99 um, and uh, met him down at the, you know, right by the presser after a basketball game. And um, the, the stuff that he's done for me, it, it's just uh He's, a, he's an unbelievable human being, too, so uh, really helping all of us out. And, yeah, you mentioned the relationship part. Not only do you carry that with you from your school days, but look here. I'm about 20 years older than you are, and we've built a little bit of a relationship through media, too. And it's it's part of that, you know, and I've built relationships now with people I've met at weddings and the Jim Sadlins of the world. And so there's 60s to now and before that, and, and it'll keep going forever. And that's what Bonaventure is like this, man. You know what I mean? It sure is. It's a special place. And my dad's an alum, yeah. aunts, uncles, cousins all went there. So I've kind of grown up with it. And yeah. uh, it, it, it really is a, a special, special place. There's nothing like it. No doubt. SBUjournalism.com for more on the online journalism master's degree programs at St. Bonaventure University with their online programs. And uh, hey, one day you can be a shining star like Jack, of course, as well. Jack Milko doing an unbelievable job covering the sport of golf. And we'll... Uh, Touch base with you soon, man. The Masters is coming up. All the majors are coming up. The year's flying by, and I can't wait, and we'll see what's next for Tiger as well. Appreciate uh, not just a few minutes. I held you about 10 minutes too long, but you know I love talking with you, my man. Likewise, Mike. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.